Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's edition of The Cheapest Meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosard. We've got a great show ahead of you today. A lot of great content. Going to talk about the Giants. Going to talk about the Browns. So let's get right into it with our guest. Our guest today is the founder of Football Game Plan. He is the czar of the playbook, and he is the hardest working man in the media, my good friend Emery Hunt. Emery, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, it's always great to see you. Always great to talk to you. I know you've been. I know you've been at Giants camp the last few weeks. That's where we're going to start. How? Uh, what's the biggest uh, things you've noticed that, uh, over at the Giants camp? One thing that that stood out to me was uh, how calm the practice has been. As far as I know, they had a couple of dust ups the other day. Maybe it was because I wasn't there. But while I was there, you saw how there was no arguing, no no. Uh, cursing, nothing like that was going on. Everything was just instruction, which was great because you're a professional football player. You should know your job and, and be able to execute your job uh, to a high level. And if you can't, hey, here's where you mess up. Here's where you can go and do it better. And they go out there and respond. So I just love the coaching style of Pat Shermer. And also I just think the defense looks a little bit uh, more athletic within the front seven. I think the move to the 3-4 is going to help this personnel out tremendously. So those are some of the things that initially jumped out at me from Giants camp. Any any uh any players standing out so far? Uh, I'd say right now, offensively, I would have to go with Khalif Raymond, the wide receiver, um, who came over late last year. You know, via free agency signed and, and became a punt return. He was punt return at Denver. Uh, now he's reconnected with uh, wide receiver coach Tyke Tolbert, who was his coach in Denver, and and so he has really performed well. You know, he looks to be a guy that can make case for that third receiver spot. That's been the biggest battle. Um, who's going to take that third receiver spot? I know they want it to be Cody Latimer, but there's a bunch of guys that can do some things just equally as better, a little bit more quicker than, than Latimer can. So we'll see how that position plays out. Defensively, uh, I, I like that Olivier Vernon is now in more of a pass rushing role. Um, I think that's going to help that defense out big time. And I also like rookie uh, I'm sorry, a third-year player, B.J. Goodson, he's been playing phenomenal football on the inside. I think this move to this defense really just showcases his speed, his instincts, and his ability to be a factor versus a run. Arguably their biggest off-season addition, of course, was number two overall pick, Saquon Barkley. How's, how's he looked to you so far? I've been impressed with how well he's picked up pass protection. To me, that's the biggest thing for a running back. doesn't matter if you're – uh, at the collegiate level or the, or the pro level, that's one of the, the hardest things to pick up. And he has done a phenomenal job in doing so. He hasn't had any bucks out there. And, and nine times a ten, pass pro is all about knowing who to block. He's always been in the right spot. And we know he can run. He's been doing his thing quickly and, um, you know, efficiently in the running game out there in the passing and catching swing passes, things of that nature. We don't really know because they're not really allowed to hit him. As with any offensive player, you really don't get a good gauge until – the bullets are flying for real, and that's when we will learn a lot about Saquon Barkley. I doubt he'd be out there a lot this Thursday against Cleveland, 
But, you know, just from a pass touching standpoint, to me that's been the most impressive of what he's been showcasing out here in camp. Um, you do a lot of work with FCS and that player, you're pretty much my go-to guy for the FCS level. Uh, Kyle Oletta, I believe, was a fifth-round pick for the Giants this year. Is he a guy you view that could be the potential heir apparent for uh, Eli Manning? Well, it's interesting because I came into the minicamp right after the draft thinking that that was going to be the case. But to be honest, he's really in a dogfight with Davis Webb, which is a good thing for the Giants because now you have good competition at two and three, and one guy is making the other guy better. I think what Oletta has uh, a little bit better than Webb is his decisiveness. I think he's a little bit more decisive throwing the football. He doesn't have the physical talent of Davis Webb as far as really stretching that defense deep with his arm. But Loletta has good intermediate accuracy, good short area accuracy, and a good athlete on the move as well. So he's he's probably going to have that, that offense, that third-team offense, looking efficient in preseason. Davis Webb will probably have more splash plays because he can get the ball uh, deeper uh, with more velocity, so that's something to watch. But Loletta has been, you know, a pleasant surprise here at camp. But Wade uh, Webb has just been uh, another pleasant surprise. So both guys are really pushing one another. All right, let's uh, let's switch it over uh, west of New York there in Cleveland, Ohio. I know you've been there in Berea for the last uh, probably at least few days. Uh, talk to me about Browns camp. What are you seeing over there? Uh, listen, you talk about a complete. 180 from what you saw at Giants camp, what I talked about at Giants camp as far as like the the tempo, the 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 way they run practice. You hear a lot more cursing, a lot more aggressiveness going on there at Browns camp, and I kind of like it because you know this is a young football team, and while you're still young, you can still be a little bit more amped up and and really get after it. I think that's something that really helps them really take ownership of, of their their scheme, their their team, and I just saw a lot of athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. I think last year I said the Browns would go from, you know, 32nd-ranked defense to top 15. They ended up being top 15. This year I think they can go from top 15 to top 10. I think this defense is vastly better than what it was uh, last year, especially in the secondary. And one thing that I noted out there was how long and athletic they've gotten in the secondary. And now guys are, are in better fit as far as their positions are concerned. And we should see them really maximize their talent. Denzel Ward is as good as advertised offensively. I mean, I don't know why people ever question Jarvis Landry. All he did was just be productive everywhere he's been, from LSU to Miami to now the Browns so far in camp. He's looking really good. And Antonio Callaway has been a big-time playmaker on his offense. Just tweeted out a couple of days ago, he's got the savvy of a 10-year vet. And Rashad Higgins played well, too. Uh, you know, I liked him coming out of Colorado State. And he has developed quite the chemistry with Baker Mayfield. So excited to see how these guys play out. I think overall the Browns, you know, they on paper, they, last year I thought they were a six-win team. This year on paper, they they can easily be an eight-win team, you know. And so this is not a bad talent left football team. This is a good football team. And we'll see if the Todd Haley addition uh, on offense with Hugh giving him the reins to call plays can help make the biggest difference uh, in the win-loss column. You mentioned uh, briefly Baker Mayfield, and obviously he's the number one pick in the draft. And all everything I've read has just been overwhelmingly positive. Is that what you you saw? You know, it's it's. I would say this from uh, when he lets when he's decisive and he sees it and he lets it go. Yes, it, it comes out quick, accurate. Where it needs a video of him 
uh, in a two-minute drill. He performed better than Tyrod Taylor in that two-minute drill. Uh, but the the common theme in those two days that I saw at practice, and I read some notes from what he did yesterday in their little scrimmage, the same issues reared its ugly head. And we saw this back at the Senior Bowl, and we saw this at the uh, in the playoff game against Georgia. You know, he tends to take sacks when when you know he didn't have to face that type of pressure in the Big Twelve in the playoff against Georgia. We saw the pressure get there quicker, better athletes on defense. And then we saw that at the Senior Bowl where he took some sacks, even the 707 drill, you know, and he was hesitant to pull a trigger. We saw that at Brown's camp two days I was out there, and I think that's going to be an issue for him. And he, like I said, the notes that they talked about from the from their scrimmage yesterday, he held the ball a little bit too long, took some sacks. And Hugh Jackson actually made a note of that saying, like, hey, we want him to, to learn that he has to get rid of the football. And Baker is not a bad athlete, you know, so he has some escapability. He can get out the pocket and, and – pick up stuff with his legs and, and really extend the play. He just has to learn to use that, trust that, and get rid of football quicker. So, yes, the passing has been fine, um, something that he definitely has to get under wraps before the season kicks off. Yeah, I completely agree there. Uh, anxious to see how the Browns are this year. You know, uh, they won one game in two years. So, it's like you want to see some improvement. Uh, quickly, before I start picking your brain on some FCS uh, prospects for the 2019 draft, I know you were at the Hall of Fame. Uh, you had a lot to do there with those players. What, what was that? Ex- uh, what's that experience like with these Hall of Famers going into class of uh, 2018? Man, it's always fun to, to get to Canton. And every year I think, okay, well, I kind of did this already. I'm not going to go. Uh, next year, but every time you see who gets inducted, you say, man, that's pretty cool, and, you know, I kind of want to be there. When we do this business, you got to remember you're a fan first. Um, That's what initially got you into football, whether it's playing, coaching, analyzing, scouting, whatever, you you know, writing. Um, You're a fan first, and so it's always good to to remember that, and that's why I go. This this was my sixth year going, Um, and it's just remarkable to see. You know, because you still find something new every time. The media side of it is kind of it's, it's a they have it set up to where you're in a tiny room, uh, and there's a zillion tripods and you know big cameras, so it's tough to get around. Like, and when I was there in 2012, it was easy to go up and talk and have a whole conversation with you know someone like Curtis Martin, right? And now the when I started to really see it get out of hand was the Brett Favre year. And you couldn't literally get close to Brett Favre unless you got there maybe an hour early and just stood in, in, in place, you know. So that's how it was this year with Ray Lewis, and that's how it was this year with Brian Erlacher. But, you know, I still I still find it fascinating to go. And, and while I'm out there, it allows me to go do more college visits and also, uh, as you saw, um, go to Browns camp and stuff like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh so let's get into this uh, to the FCS, and I know uh, that's that's your main bag during the regular season. You call a lot of games for. Uh, I guess are you moving on to ESPN Plus this year? I guess that's a deal or ESPN three. Um, but before I get into FCS, there's one guy from uh, Buffalo in the MAC. I, I got to know what about Ty, what do you think about Tyree Jackson, quarterback? Tyree Jackson, I think he's a you know. He has the – he's what we call a prospect, um, and that's the type of prospect you want to see. You know, like you saw Josh Allen be a prospect, and, okay, he has the tools, and you want to see how it would be against live action, against really good competition. I think Tyree Jackson has the tools 
and also has the productivity against good talent. You know, we saw it on a consistent basis from him. Something we did see from Josh Allen, so I'm excited to see him going unquestioned starter, uh, doesn't have to deal with that platoon system, and we'll see if he can really put it together, put a year together to where he can probably leave early and become one of these top draft prospects at that position. All right, I'm going I'm to ask you about four FCS or lower-level prospects that I, 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 I really like, but I want to hear what you feel about them. I'm going to start with quarterback from South Dakota State, Taron Christian. Taron Christian is, you know, he's a very productive passer, man. I think the best passer in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And, you know, he's going to have his chance to showcase that, hey, I am a, a, a really good piece, a really good player, because a lot of people probably put his success on the backs of both Jake Winicky and Dallas Goddard. I think Christian's ability to, you know, do damage uh, from a dual threat perspective is what makes him special. you got to be able to get create your own shot, so to speak. He can do that. He's very accurate, both intermediate and deep down the field. And he has a chance with those guys going now to showcase that, hey, here's a look at my passing skills that have been on display the entire four years I've been at South Dakota State. So I really like him as a player. Wide receiver James Madison, Riley Stapleton. I think I tweeted this out last year during the playoffs uh, when they were playing. I forgot the team they were playing, but they had a chance to. They almost lost that game, but they couldn't. The team that they were playing could not stop Riley Stapleton. I mean, he was like winning one-on-one uh, jump ball, 50-50 balls consistently. And you talk about a guy that's able to, like I use the scouting terms, slow the ball down with your eyes. Um, that can really hone in on the point of the football and make any grab, whether that's, you know, on third and whatever or inside the red zone. Stapleton has a chance to be a really good outside receiver because of his ability to make any type of catch. He could look like Javon Wim uh, for the Chicago Bears at, and how he was coming out of Georgia. I just think Stapleton does a great job of tracking the football. I've only seen this guy play one game, but I came away impressed. UC Davis wide receiver Keelan Doss, getting a lot of pub. Oh, yeah, he's really good, man. And, and credit to Dan Hawkins for, you know, his first year out there at UC Davis, really making that program well. And they have a really good quarterback that's going to be a, a solid little prospect uh, next year in, in uh, Meyer. Um, so you got a good passing game. And it's interesting where teams come in knowing that, Doss is the number one option. you got to take him away, but he's still very productive. And, you know, he's been on the radar for quite some time, and he's probably going to be one of those guys who's going to get a senior bowl invite if things go according to how it has always gone for him in his career out there at UC Davis. He's a he's an excellent receiver, a guy that, you know, that's what, 6'2", six 6'2", six with drool over, and the productivity that you need coming from the FCS. Last one, uh this guy just really jumped out to me. Uh, the last, I watched his last two games in the D2 playoffs last year. Transfer from Colorado, tight end Vincent Hobbs, Texas A&M Commerce. You talk about the the the, uh, the way offense has evolved in college football and the tight end position. And people talk about the running back position being devalued, but the tight end position has become kind of a invisible position. Some years it's great, other years it's non-existent. And I think a reason is because a lot of teams don't know how to utilize bigger athletic options. I think that's what you get with with this prospect coming out that offense. Now, they'll be breaking a new quarterback. As we know, Luis Perez uh, is now with the Los Angeles Rams. So just like Tyron, uh, Tyron Christian, 
we'll see. We'll get to really focus on his skill set and how he would do, and not playing away because of who he's playing with. You know, so I think this will be a big year for him. Yeah, anxious to look forward to see a couple of games of him this year as well. Uh, last thing on the FCS guy, I want you to tell me, give me one or two guys that maybe I don't or anybody else is really talking about right now that could end up being top 100 type talents. Like like a four, like last year with uh, Fort Hayes State, the, the defensive lineman that came down the senior role, somebody that we're not talking about right now that could end up being a top 100 talent from the lower levels. Oh, wow. Like, there's, there's a lot, man. Um, you know, I, I tend to think these guys can all fall, but there's only so many spots. Um, I, you know, right now it's really tough to say who's going to be a top 100 guy, but I'll give you a guy of entry that, that really caught my attention. Um, and there's a couple of guys on this roster that's really good. But I would say Princeton's quarterback, John Lovett, you know, you talk about Tim Tebow, you talk about a guy being a versatile athlete. Uh, we know – Princeton at the time with then offensive coordinator James Perry, who's now the head coach at Bryant, they ran three quarterbacks out there on the field at the same time and consistently ran a two-quarterback offense. Like sometimes both guys got there on the field at the same time. will be phenomenal. He was hurt last year, and so that's what allowed Chad Kanoff to be the full-time starter, and, and he played well enough to get into camp with the Cardinals now. Uh, but prior to that, in 2016, John Lovett had 20 – rushing touchdowns, you know, and 10 touchdowns to only, I think, two interceptions uh, throwing the football. And now he's going to be the full-time starter at quarterback. And when you talk about being a dual-threat guy, he has a legit chance to win the Walter Payton Award, which is given to the top offensive player in the FCS. So I, I do think Lovett will, because of what he brings to the table, and, you know, he may have to play another position, but also keeping that quarterback window open to – you know, some trick gadget plays or what have you, but his ability to play football, period, uh, should definitely draw a lot of attention from scouts. Again, he has two tall targets that he's throwing to out there. Um, their receiving course is excellent. They're going to draw a lot of attention also. But uh, I would say John Love is an intriguing name to watch because of what he can do with the football and how fun he is as a football player. Duly noted there. I'll take take that note and name down. Uh Emory, a lot of people know you're a former running back for the uh, Raging Cajuns, the University of Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, Southwest Louisiana, whatever have you that you want to call them. Uh, what kind of shape are they going to be in this year? Well, I like new head coach Billy Napier, and I love the offense, you know, that they bring. Rob Sell is going to do a great job calling that offense. And one of the more underrated hires was uh, Ron Roberts from Southeast Louisiana, Southeast Louisiana, who was the, the head coach there but was always known for his great defenses. And, you know, he chose that position late. Like, it was surprising. Like, wow, he's leaving southeast Louisiana to go take the D.C. job at University of Louisiana. So I think that's a huge hire. I just wonder about the quarterback position. I think they have some good talent on defense. They should be better defensively. Can't get any worse. And they have a really good running back in Trey Regas, who's going to be a phenomenal player down the line. Um, he was good as a freshman. So they could run the football. They should be better on defense as a result of getting Ron Roberts. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be the biggest key. How good can he be in the Sun Belt? Oh, they got a tough schedule. I saw – I was looking at the schedule. I saw Alabama on the schedule. I'm like, man, maybe that's University of Alabama at Michigan. You know, maybe it's not the Alabama. But it is the <laughs> Alabama. They have them on the schedule. 
They have a really tough schedule, and it's going to, I think their first game is against Grambling, and that's one that's going to be intriguing because Grambling, that's a, this is the first time they're meeting uh, in history, and Grambling is a lot like Southern, a lot like McNeese State when you play a team in the same state that has a lot of the same talent that you can recruit as well. That game is going to be very interesting to watch, and you know it's going to be a big game for both because you want to obviously win the the FCS matchup, but you also want to win the recruiting battle. You can't lose recruits to in-state FCS school, so we should see the best of both programs. But I think my Cajuns should be able to get to six wins, and hopefully that gets them into a bowl game. Um, is Arkansas State the team to beat in the Sun Belt this year? I believe so. I think when you look at even despite the losses on uh, defense, you know, you lose Blaze Taylor, uh, you lose uh, Javon Roland-Jones, you lose uh, Blake Mack on offense. I think they still have enough. But I wouldn't count out UL Monroe, too. Uh, I think they're trekking in the right direction. they got a lot of good talent there. And uh, I, I just feel as though the Sun Belt Conference has gotten significantly better. The, the talent has increased. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of high school prospects are choosing to go to the Sun Belt, uh, which is great for the league as a whole, but I would also keep an eye on UL Monroe. I think they have a really good chance to, to win that, that conference. Yeah, I'm going to try to get to a handful of games here at South Alabama this year, uh, check out some uh, fun belt action. Speaking of South Alabama, uh, word is pretty much it's been it's been going on now for about a month and a half. South Alabama's going to build a new stadium, whether they get City of Mobile help or not. Senior Bowl said, regardless of whether the City of Mobile chips in or not, we're going out there to the new stadium. So two or three years from now, we're going to see the Senior Bowl shifting locales. Uh, is this, do you think this is a good move, bad move, indifferent? Well, I mean, I think I'm indifferent because, you know, Mobile is pretty easy to get around, so it's not a problem logistically, number one. Number two, from a parking perspective, maybe we can finally get credentials to park in the actual parking lot uh, on game day, which would be huge. <laughs> um, instead of walking through the neighborhood, parking in the neighborhood and things of that nature, and, and that mile walk toward the stadium. Uh, but all jokes aside, I think it, it, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I kind of like Lad Peebles, but I can understand why they want a new stadium. I don't know, will they tear down Lad Peebles or just keep Lad Peebles up for high school football? See, this is this is the point of contention that's been going on because part of the arrangement is that if the city funnels twenty million dollars over twenty years to South Alabama, South will cut a check for two and a half million for the revitalization of Lad, and by that they want to basically bring it down from forty thousand capacity to about sixty five hundred and make it for high school football and soccer and such of that nature. That's part of it, but the city council is big hangs up and hang ups and all that and it's a whole bunch of political BS. But uh that that seems to be the main uh the main plan is to uh tear not tear it down completely but basically scale it back. Yeah. So I mean I get it but at least I got a chance to, to visit there and, and do work there before they make changes to it. But any new stadium is going to be phenomenal, I, I believe, as long as it's logistically not a nightmare and easy to, to park and, and, and get in and out of during practices and things of that nature. I think that's a, it's a win. Yeah, I'm anxious to say it. I- I don't really know. I'm sure there's a lot of parking on South Alabama's campus, but I know during practices, school will also be in session. So that, 
that could get a bit dicey as far as practice parking goes. Game day parking shouldn't be an issue. But uh, while we're on the subject of my hometown of Mobile here, I know you come down here for the Senior Bowl every year. I ask everybody the same question. What's your favorite place to eat out here? Oh, man, uh, I don't want to say a chain restaurant because I do love going to Ruth Chris. Um, but locally, I, I you know what, man? I I don't know if I've eaten it. I've eaten it. Oh, that's what it is. I, I was about to lie. Uh, what's the name of the restaurant that's next door to V? Because I go there every year and get, like, great meals every time I go. I always have a little seat in the corner um, with my bottle of wine. Oh, I, so I'm not a, sure. Right on the corner. Oh man, it's it's gonna it's gonna bug me. Um, the 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 clam or something like that. It was uh, something. So is uh, it the ro- the royal scam? Is that the royal scam? That's it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite I spots. To do. I always and it's it's so good that I know some people just go to restaurants. Or maybe it's just the New Yorker in me, but some people just go to restaurants and just show up. I I, I love that restaurant so much that I always call and book a reservation because I don't want no, I don't want to take a chance that I won't be able to get a seat when I want to. Um, but that restaurant, the food they make from appetizers to desserts, the bread pudding there is phenomenal, outstanding, top to bottom, and great service too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and give you a suggestion right now. I told the same thing that I believe to Jeff Risden, and I'm telling it to everybody else. One morning before you go out to practice, head over for brunch. At this, uh, this is new place. It's a. It started in New Orleans, so you may be familiar with it already. But they've added places in Pensacola, Orange Beach. Now they've got one in Mobile. It's a place called the Ruby Slipper Cafe. Oh, I've eaten. So yeah, I don't know I've if you ever. Yeah. In, so they've I've got one in Mobile now. I've eaten, I've eaten there in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, Brian. Hey, you got okay. Sorry, I believe we got, yeah. we got a connection issue there. I said I've eaten there in New Orleans. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I love it. I've eaten at the, I ate the original one in New Orleans. I've eaten at I've eaten at three different ones in New Orleans. I've eaten at Orange Beach, Pensacola, now in Mobile. It's it's phenomenal food. Uh, let's wrap it up, Emery. Uh, tell everybody where we can find your work. You can find me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan and. Always make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. A lot of great content constantly updated and uploaded there, youtube.com slash football game plan. And our website where we bookmark everything or our backlog everything. Uh, so if you miss it on the YouTube channel, you can definitely catch it on the website at footballgameplan.com. That's, it's always tremendous stuff, Emory. I am a subscriber to your YouTube channel, and I suggest everybody else do the same. Emory, uh, thanks for uh, giving us this information today, and uh appreciate you coming on and uh, – Definitely uh, try to get you on later in the season while you're on your way to one of your broadcasts, and we'll talk a little bit more. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, Brian. Hey, thanks a lot. That was uh, Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, uh, founder of Football Game Plan. You can find him at footballgameplan.com and on YouTube at Football Game Plan. Uh, We talked about the New York Giants camp, Cleveland Browns, talked a lot about some FCS prospects, uh, even – Talked about a little Sun Belt in Louisiana Lafayette or University of Louisiana, if you will, and uh, even talked a little food there at the end uh, for you foodies out there. So uh, that's going to do it for today's uh, today's edition. As always, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Uh, 
find all of my work at deepfrieddraft.com and uh, subscribe to this channel on iTunes, Stitcher. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash deepfrieddraft uh, for everything with this podcast. Uh, That's going to do it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time.